right, welcome back, everybody, with another edition of the Filmalytics College Football Betting Podcast. Let's get into it with these Week 12 matchups. Welcome back. Again, we've got another exciting week of college football coming up this week with week 12. Um, it'll be myself, Andrew Woodruff, along with my co-host, Matt Nine, as we jump into these matchups and break it down. Matt, how are you feeling about this weekend? Uh, I like some of these games, but there's a couple of them that I'm still pondering over. Yeah, I feel like the season, you know, I thought it was going to get easier. These matchups made it way more difficult on who to pick. So let's go ahead and let's jump straight into the first one, TCU and Baylor. It's at Baylor. Very curious, which way are you currently leaning? I'm going with TCU right now. Uh, Baylor has been – they kind of felt like a few weeks ago they got their run game going. They are playing really solid defense. You know, they beat Oklahoma on the road. And then, I mean, they were absolutely dismantled last week by Kansas State. Like, I don't know what happened. But – I was kind of shocked to see TCU beat Texas. I think we had all had Texas last week, even though I know that the line was relatively close. I did say take TCU on the line, but yeah, yep. that was a surprise. So I, TCU's good. That's it's, it's tough to argue. I, I'll take Quentin Johnson and and Dugan and all these guys, uh, Kendra Miller, uh, and I'll take TCU on the road against Baylor. Analytics says it's like a half a point game. Not a, oh, actually a, a point at 30 to 29 win probability at 53.9 percent for tcu and 46 percent for baylor uh what's the spread right now I, I see plus three on my end for for baylor yeah so is, looking is at the latest in? numbers it's a uh, two and a half tcu okay. still favored baylor getting two and a half points at home but yeah i mean texas defense is better than baylor's and tcu was able to to edge them out so they shouldn't have too much trouble with Baylor. Baylor likes to run the football and TCU's defense is not great against the run, but it's relatively stout, stout enough. And I don't think Baylor's passing offense is good enough to get the job done if they have to rely on that. So I'll take TCU here in their air raid offense. Speaking of that run defense, I don't know if you got to see any of it, but they shut down. Everybody, I believe everybody's RB1 for the 2023 draft class last weekend with B. John Robinson. Yep. So I agree. This defense has stepped up next level. You add that to the explosive nature of the TCU offense between, you know, Kendra Miller and Max Dugan actually both being able to use, use their legs, get some uh, ground game going. And like you said, Quentin Johnson and various other receivers that you can get the ball out to make big plays. Yeah, personally, I was going with TCU as well, and I've already got them – in a parlay, just taking the two and a half. I think they can win by a field goal. And, and I also think, you know, TCU going into last week, I think they're well aware that if they lose any game, they're out of the playoffs because the conference is relatively weak in the Big 12. So the fact that they were able to go on the road in a night game in Austin and take care of this, you know, I just think that they are, they're locked in right now. They feel like a team that's locked in. They know what, they know what it's going to take. They know they can't lose. So, Oh, most definitely. And like you said, I mean, they, they know what's at stake. TCU has to keep winning if they want any shot at the college football playoffs. I'm rolling with the hype. I think it's I think it's the best play to there. Um, I am cur- currently looking at the total going over as well. Originally, earlier in the week, I had it at 58, but I noticed it's dropped down a half point to 57 and a half. You said that you were looking at like 30 and 30 almost 
roughly as the predicted score coming out. I mean, that that hits the over. Yeah, it was 30.8 for TCU and 29.4 for Baylor. Yeah. I say my only concern with that one would be does Baylor's offense show up? Because I mean, last week me and you were super excited on this podcast talking up Kansas State that they were going to come out and win. And I mean, I, I did not expect Kansas State to be right. Yeah. I wasn't expecting no thirty-one to three, just absolute domination. So if I'm looking for just one particular thing, I definitely just take TCU with the points. But again, if I'm looking at the total, let's look at that over as well. Personally. Any other stats you want to throw in there real quick? I know, I know. I think we're kind of on the same page on that one. Yeah, I, I think it's TCU here. It's it it it's tough to pick Baylor. I don't, I don't. I just don't see it. Baylor. I guess in theory Baylor could win, but I just I don't see the path to it. Right, and so it just yeah. doesn't make a lot of sense. Even betting on the underdog at home, yep. it's just one of those things. The money even says TCU, and it's like seventy percent TCU straight up and on the spread. So. I'll say it seems like an easy chalk matchup. Let's roll with that. All uh, right. I will. I will say that TC. It's kind of interesting here. TCU is six and one as the favorite. They're three and zero oh as the away favorite. Uh, Baylor is three and one as the underdog, and two and zero oh as the home dog. So something's going to give here. Yeah, it's got to roll one way or the other. I'm just going to keep with the one that's got some hype and didn't just yep. get a big letdown last week. Yep, agreed. So the second game here, I know it's not listed on, on the sheet that we're going off of. It's been a second on the, the college pick them. Let's go with Montana and Montana State. Yeah, now that was an interesting one. So on all the stuff that we look at, this FCS game is really not listed anywhere. I had to go digging for the stats. So the spread right now is Montana State minus one and a half. Uh, really big rivalry. Uh, Montana took Montana State to the woodshed last year. I looked that up. Um, both of these teams have very subpar passing offense. Both of these teams have really, really good rushing offense. In fact, Montana State, they have a top five rushing offense in the entire FCS. But here's why I'm going with Montana on the road. It's because unlike Montana State, Montana has a top 15 run defense. So both teams can't okay. pass very well. Both teams run the ball extremely well but Montana's run defense is much better than Montana State. And I looked this up in the history of the past 10 years. It's gone very back and forth uh, on who on who wins. There's no really rhyme or reason whether it's on the road. So I'm just simply taking the – since the line is already close at minus one and a half for State, I'm just going better defense here because that's I'm always going to lean that way. Defense wins games. So. Hey, nothing against that. Like I said, defensive assistant coach, love it, all for it. Um, yeah, I, I, I kind of had a similar issue kind of looking up some of these stats, but I did notice mentioning that head-to-head. While Montana did get the win last year, Montana State's got four out of the past five. Yep. And then when you started looking at the spread, the money line, Montana State specifically, let's talk about the money line, just outright just win the game. They're 5-0 and at home. They're 9-1 in their last 10 games, and, of course, they're 7-0 and as a favorite. Montana is 2-2 two and two away. They're just winning, and the underdog, they're 0-2. You put that along with the spread. I mean, Montana State's covering the spread, 5-0 and at home, 5-2 and as a favorite. Montana's been 2-2 two and and 1-1, one and one, both away, and then as the underdog. I get it. I like the defense, but when it comes to that kind of situations, I mean, I was comparing some stats 
Montana State's not like super far behind. But I do agree. Montana has a better defense. Again, but I don't. I don't know much about this. I, I was just looking at the numbers. Um, the other thing I did notice: Montana State uh, lost in the FCS title game last year, uh, so they did make it to the championship game. At, whereas Montana lost in the quarterfinals, so they both made the playoffs. Montana State made it all the way to the end and lost. So, as I mean, you could say Montana State's a better team. I don't know how big this rivalry is in Montana. I don't live there. Oh, it's it's pretty big. That game's been played since the late 1800s. Wow. It's got a couple different names they go by. Like, um, I believe it's game day, actually, is going out there and watching it this weekend. So, I mean, there is some hype behind it. Like you said, though, I just I don't know enough, so I'm going to go with a higher record plus a couple of the other things I just mentioned. I don't even know where the money's going on this one. I can't find that anywhere. But, again, yeah, just I'm, I'm Like I said, way. I'm just going with defense. So, I, I like it. All right, who do we have up third on our list? Kansas State or West Virginia. All right, I feel like this is an easy, just go back, listen to last week's episode, hear what we have to say about Kansas State. Anything new we need to add there? No. Um, JT Daniel got benched last week. Uh, The guy that came in and replaced him wasn't too bad, but again, first start, you got uh, Martinez coming in with Kansas State. I think, you know, they dismantled Baylor last week. Kansas State's looking to continue to push. The Big 12 is still relatively open behind TCU right now. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with a lot of that. The only thing is, it I think it proves JT Daniels has now been replaced three times yep. by a quarterback done, that's we're, better than him. So We're done with him. Don't worry about that. If you, if you had a Debbie share of him, go ahead and you can just – find a nice resting spot for it. Um, yeah, no, I was I was actually impressed kind of with the backup because, you know, I did bet Oklahoma to actually win the game, and the backup, apparently Oklahoma just forgot how to play defense when the backup came in. So good job for West Virginia. They impressed me. Unfortunately, they also upset me. Cost me a big parlay. But, yeah, no, I think Kansas State takes care of business. Um what I had originally listed for him was seven and a half. As of right now, it's still seven and a half over under 54 and a half. Kansas state is going to take care of business. If you want to put in a parlay or a straight bet, I mean, you know, you can get rid of the hook so you can get rid of that 0.5 if you want to, but. How many teams are in the FBS? Is it a hundred? Yes. About 131. 131. Okay. West Virginia's defense, uh, EPA per pass 125. Uh, points per echo 126, uh, allowing first and second down conversions 103, early down efficiency 120, allowing third and fourth down conversions 104. West Virginia has probably the worst combined defense in all of college football. <laughs> so, and like I said, that's why I don't mind betting that seven and a half. I, I did look it up. Yeah. There's a couple spots you can get at seven as well. I, I think, yeah, I'm with you. I think Kansas State handles them. Yeah. I mean, underdog is easily West Virginia, but they don't really cover the spread. Money line, they're two and five against it. Spread, they're three and four. Just just roll with a better team right now. Yep. I ain't got much to add to that one. So I do have a game listed here, but we'll, I think we'll come back to it. What was the next one that we need to discuss in our list? This is one of the tough ones. Iowa and Minnesota. Yes, sir. So – 
I'm glad I could bring you around last week. Let's go ahead and let's celebrate. Iowa. Yep. Let's go. Yep. You convinced me last week. I'm I'm gonna need convincing again. Oh no, here we go. Why right. I'm I'm right now I'm leaning Minnesota and, and you're going Iowa. We got Minnesota minus two and a half. All right, give me the case. Why? Why? I brought you to Iowa. We had success. And Matt, you already jumped ship, man. It's one week, not even a week. Yep. What? What? What is doing it for you with Minnesota? Both really, really good defenses. And I remember it was like week three or four when in the season Minnesota was like four and zero. They were top fifteen in the country or something like that. They had the best offense and best defense in the country for like two weeks in a row or something like that. Um, Minnesota's offense is, I think we would both agree, is much better than I was. I was defense. Quick, I, I do got a comment on the schedule before I forget. Do you know their first four opponents? Who? It, it's not pretty. So you've got, I believe it's uh, New Mexico State. Uh, I have no clue. I'm going to have to click this one. Western Illinois. Yeah, I don't know who the Leatherbacks are. Colorado, which, by the way, if you're betting in Colorado, any game, just take the spread. Colorado will not cover it. And then Michigan State, before Michigan State had their turnaround a couple weeks ago. So, yes, 4-0. Let's keep context in mind. But still, I mean, to be one in both offense and defense is impressive. Okay, I give you that. They do have a great defense. I mean, it's not even like Minnesota's quarterback, Tanner Morgan, is not even like you know, world beater. It was a, it was, it was really the rushing offense, but that's beside the, this is beside the point, but Minnesota's defense, <laughs> Minnesota's defense is also relatively good in their own, right? They're top 15, top 20 in a lot of, in a lot of spots, not nearly as good as Iowa who's close to the top 10 in those things, but I really want to lean the home team here with the better offense with still a relatively good defense. I know last week when we were talking Wisconsin, Iowa, it was two pretty good defenses versus two pretty bad offenses. And this week we have two pretty good defense versus one pretty good offense and a not so good offense. So that's kind of why I'm leading this here, but I did see your note and I actually went into cfbdata.com. I was, I was one of the last 10, nine or 10 straight, something like that, or uh, nine I've got of the last, listed the last seven for sure. I didn't last keep seven. looking uh, past that because, you know. Okay. Yeah. Some of those players I, I, not I be had, there. I knew Iowa had dominated the series as of recently, which Big gives time. me pause. But at the same time, like, Minnesota's just been so good all year, and Iowa's been, like, better of late. So, yeah, I'm, I'm still on the edge. So, <laughs> hey, I understand. Yeah. So, one of the points you brought up, I was as uh, 7 and 0 in the last 7 games against Minnesota so like what's that famous saying if you don't learn history you're condemned to repeat it or those who don't learn from history are condemned to repeat it learn from the past whatever i mean that that actually has been something i've been having to teach myself more with this betting world because like these coaches it gets in their head sometimes where it's like I still, in my entire career as a Minnesota coach, have not beat Iowa for whatever reason. Like little things like that get to where that's a focus for some of these coaches, and they get a little too safe. Like they're trying to not lose the game instead of go out there and win the game. As I mentioned, we talked about it last week. Iowa is in that process of like, man, like it's just going in a completely opposite direction from early in the season. The offense in the past three weeks now 
weird to say it, the offense of Iowa has started picking up some. As you said, they're one of the top defenses out there. And, I mean, what they did last week at Wisconsin was fantastic. They beat Purdue up. They beat Northwestern. I think Northwestern was just that game they needed to say, hey, we don't have to just rely on the defense. Iowa is a two-and-a-half underdog going on the road. I get it. Got the home field advantage for Minnesota. I'm just rolling with the guys that are hot right this second. Minnesota had the early success, but they've kind of been a little bit up and down since. I mean, Illinois, Penn State, kind of kind of were some bad, bad game plays they did. And the three games since, Rutgers, Nebraska, Northwestern, I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like they've kind of maybe eased up, hadn't to play that difficulty, and I don't know if they're quite ready for another strong team defensively. Let's not make Spencer sound like he's a great offensive quarterback by any means. Let me clarify that. But, yeah, just overall, like, I'm still leaning uh, Iowa. Betting-wise, you see it in the notes. It is always bet the under. And the crazy thing is the total for this game right now is 32 points. 32. Like, both teams can even get into the upper teams. But, yet again, I feel like Iowa can win 17 to about 14. 17-14 is kind of really – what I'm looking at, and it needs to max at that. Can't go over that. So analytics has Minnesota winning 22.7 to Iowa's 18.04. So they yeah. have four points. Now, I'd like to play my wild card now. Go for it. So the Twitter account CFB Data um, tweeted out last week, and I had not seen this before their leaders in all of the categories for college betting and straight pick them against the spread lines uh, over unders, et cetera, et cetera. And the most successful guy that they've had on there this year in just straight pick is, has it been 80% right all year long? And he picks almost every game of the weekend, not just the 10 that we go through. Nice. So I found his, and he has a model. I don't, I don't know how he does it. He just posts the, <laughs> the model results. Uh, and I found his week 12 cheat sheet this week on his Twitter. He has like 57 followers. And la- I went back and I looked at last week's. And last week's he had Iowa beating Wisconsin. This week he has Minnesota beating Iowa. And his projected points is 14.9 for Minnesota to Iowa's 10.4. Interesting. So I'll, I'll send this to you after the show, but it's, I don't know. I was looking through here and I wanted to double check because I went back and I was looking at other games that we had struggled with. And he, I remember last week, Baylor was a favorite over Kansas state and we went the Kansas state route. Um, and he, he had Kansas state whooping Baylor in his model. And that's exactly what happens. So a lot of a lot of games like that. I just went back to look at to see if, like, you know, where I was on the edge, like what actually happened versus what I picked, and it kind of feels like he's hitting every eight out of ten. So that's that's kind of was the other factor for me, just leaning Minnesota. The analytics say it, the stats say it, this guy's model says it. So I'm just I don't know. Hey, and I mean, it's not the only category that Minnesota's beaten Iowa in. I mean, if we're talking about just who wins the money line wise. Minnesota seven and two. Iowa is not near that successful, but I don't know. Another factor is like I'm very curious: is Minnesota's quarterback Tanner Morgan like going to really be fully healthy? 
he was out for those two losses that I mentioned earlier, those really bad losses, but he also hasn't really played a lot, it felt like, in the last two games either with that backup quarterback, and it's just like, that's great. Like, that backup quarterback, I cannot say his last name. You played against Nebraska. You played against Northwestern. Like, those are some easy games, and it's like, okay, what happens when you actually face a top three defense? You know, I'm just expecting some nice smash mouth. Iowa's got a good run system. They've got a great freshman running back. I like them as a two-and-a-half underdog. I don't know why. I just – I'm rolling with the hype again this week for some reason. Uh, Minnesota is five-and-one as home favorites, and mm-hmm. Iowa is two-and-one and away dog. So, again, something's got to give with this matchup. It'll be very interesting to see this one. I think we're kind of settled on that one, though, so – Moving along, I believe we had up next, was it Boise State? Yes. Boise at Wyoming. Oh, gosh. Okay. So this is a matchup I don't know a lot about. I thought Boise State still liked to throw the ball, apparently, but I looked that up, and that was false. They've turned much more into a running game. So I'm curious, what led you to your conclusion this week on your pick? Uh, Boise State is a 14-point favorite. It's an enormous line. Even even though I'm not betting the line, I'm just betting straight up. That tells me that Vegas thinks that Boise is just going to absolutely handle them. Um, if I can go to my fancy new cheat sheet that I have here, he has, he has this one as a close game. He has Boise at 19.6 and Wyoming at 17.9. So it's much closer than some of the others. Uh, and then if I pull up the analytics sheet, if I can find it, see the analytics are super heavy. 79.6% win probability for Boise and only 20.4 for Wyoming. Um, Wyoming's offense and defense is very, very bad, but similar to Iowa, but again, probably has something to do with the conference on why they're ranked so high. Boise's defense is top 10 in most spots. Man, it definitely makes sense. A lot of the money is actually on Wyoming to cover that spread. So I found it interesting on that part. But we also got to remember, we said Arkansas was a clear winner against Liberty, too. And they mm-hmm. had a 14-point spread. So sometimes that's a little bait in there. Myself, I, I think if I haven't wrote it down, I'm definitely going to go to Boise State either way. I just I trust them to get it done just a little bit better. But, yeah, I wasn't aware quite where the defensive ranks. Where is Wyoming defensively-wise? Uh, let's see here. EPA per rush, they're 102. EPA per pass, they are 84. Uh, first and second down success, they're 43rd. Early down uh, EPA success, they're 101. And giving up third and fourth downs, they're 70th. Uh, as far as defense goes, uh, for that was defense for Wyoming. Defense for Boise and those respective, they're ninth in EPA per pass, 19th in EPA per rush. 34th in field position, 4th on giving up 1st and 2nd downs, 6th on early down success, and 30th in 3rd and 4th down success. While Wyoming's offense is 117th, 41st, 98, 94, 83, 110. So they're, it's really good defense in Boise versus really bad offense in Wyoming, and that's kind of why I'm leading the way of Boise. Yeah, I mean, that definitely makes sense. Like, I mean, even if you look up the history, like, that much was easy. Like, the past five games, it's been Boise State winning it. 
Now they don't cover the spread in like four out of the five matchups. So like I can get why some people would be betting plus 14 Wyoming, but if it's just straight up, who's going to win it? Yeah. I mean, I don't see any reason why Boise state shouldn't. I don't know. That, that, that seems like a very interesting one. They would put for a pickums challenge. All right, so what did we have up next? Was it Ole Miss, Arkansas, a little SEC action? Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. Ah, okay. So we are, those we are divided here on this one. All right. Did you not notice what happened to Oklahoma last week? Like I said, West Virginia, the backup to JT Daniels, you know. I did Oklahoma. <laughs> did you notice what's been happening to, like, Oklahoma State for, like, the past four weeks? I have. I'm just betting on Spencer until like finally coming back last week. So yeah. I'm going. I'm going Oklahoma here. Uh, analytics say Oklahoma wins by five. Oklahoma has a bad defense. Oklahoma State has a worse defense. Uh, Oklahoma has a really good offense. Oklahoma State has a pretty decent offense. It's a close game, regardless. My cheat sheet here says that. Again, I'd like to point out, he picks eight out of every 10 games, right? His model says Oklahoma wins by eight. By eight. By eight. Interesting. Uh, go into the spread here. Um, Oklahoma's minus seven and a half point favorites, which again, for me, I'm not betting the line like you are. I'm just here to talk about picking straight up. And when a line is that big, it tells me that Vegas has confidence, similar to Boise State at 14, even if they don't win by 14, that that team is is going to win. Um, I, I do think it's interesting here how the home favorite, Oklahoma, is one and four in their last five games. Uh, the away dog, Oklahoma State, is two and two. Yeah. So neither, neither team is kind of performing up to expectations as far as the line goes, so... That'll be interesting. Yeah, as far as the line on that part, I definitely understand that. Uh, as far as the spread, though, when it comes to betting, 80, 80 plus percent are betting Oklahoma State to cover. And like I'm seeing plus seven, but it's plus seven and a half some places. Mm -hmm. Depends which place you're using, which sports book you use. But yeah, Oklahoma State, like I lean that direction because I trust, I don't know, I just I trust that coach who's been there a little bit longer at Oklahoma State to come through in these clutch situations, along with the fact that I think Spencer Sanders is just hopefully finally healthy. We'll see if that's actually – if that's not true, then there's a solid argument for why Oklahoma should win this game. At Over. home. It is at it's, home. It's a night game. It's, a, it's, you know, their biggest rival outside of Texas. But overall, I mean, I don't think either defense is good. So we should be seeing a lot of scoring, hopefully. Yep. Like I said, of course, that's really big time, depending on the quarterback for Oklahoma State. But, I mean, the over-unders at 66.5 as well. I like I can easily see mid to upper 30s scoring-wise for both these teams. I don't know. I just I think if Sanders is there, things happen a little bit more for Oklahoma State than it does Oklahoma. I don't know why. I definitely It's definitely more of a gut thing. They're like, there's not a lot – telling me why to take them just straight up in a money line or anything. It's just something, something tells me it easily could happen. I see that, but to me, it feels like it's a trap game. It feels like Oklahoma State is the easy pick, but then the analytics and even the Vegas spread and 
this this gentleman's model if i could remember his name i would say it (laughs) everything points to oklahoma number wise if that makes sense even their off their offense is better their defense is better even though it's bad but it's better so it it just feels like a trap game for oklahoma state to pick them i don't know see i mean they they're the underdog and normally like if you don't know, you kind of, I feel like you would lean toward favorites, especially when it's a minus seven, minus seven and a half. So I don't know. That's a different, very different perspective. I hadn't heard that one. Well, but see, I think you have to remember, like I'm thinking from the point of like just people picking games or betting on games, true. they'll just see 22 next to Oklahoma state and unranked Oklahoma. That is true. It'd be like, Oh, they're seven and three ranked 22. Oklahoma's five and five, not ranked at all. Like give, give me the ranked team here. They're clearly the better option. Which may not be the case. Hey, again, I got no arguments on that. Like you, you've got all the solid points on that part for that. It'll be very interesting to see how that plays out. Is are you are you concerned at all about a new coach coming in and having to kind of play this in-state rivalry game at all? Though. You're talking with, about Brett Venables. Yeah, with Oklahoma. No, I guess not really. I mean. He was there when Clemson played Alabama. He's been on the big ACC games. So Clemson, Florida State back in the day. So I, I don't know. Just feel, It's probably just another big game to him. It just happens to be Oklahoma State. See, to me, like, to me, I feel like I get that Oklahoma's been very up and down. A lot, of good, a lot of good quarters, a lot of really bad quarters. But Oklahoma State, to me, has over the last four weeks has been trending down. And now they're kind of just like, plateauing on like a rocky surface if that makes sense they're still they're trying to trying to get back up but they're not quite there and i i I think they get caught here on the road yeah no i mean that's totally fair i guess the one one game i keep looking back on that both these teams have played in the last five weeks is texas oklahoma just got killed in the the red river shootout dylan gabriel did not play in that game that is true that is definitely a factor like i said quarterbacks playing definitely matter here in the statement And then just Oklahoma State just absolutely like dominating. Like it wasn't even. It was just it's it's a weird turn of events, yeah, for sure. And I just feel like Oklahoma State has a good system set up in place where they could be able to move the ball like that. Yeah, that's that's definitely. If I had to rank it confidence wise, I know you said you do rankings. How confident are you in that pick? Well, it's a really it's a really good question. Let me pull that up here. I'll say, since you have to set that, I know for the listeners, like in Matt's challenge, he has to rank these confidence picks wise for his pick'em challenge from 10 to the most points and then one for the least amount of points in order of confidence. So the Coastal Carolina Virginia game was canceled. Of course. So it moves us down to nine games instead of 10 for the slate. So it took out our 10 spot. So our highest we can score is nine this week. But I have them, I have that one down at four. Okay. I have the Minnesota-Iowa game at one. I'm least confident. <laughs> That's fair. Okay. Mo- Montana, Montana State at two. Boise State and Wyoming at three. And then Oklahoma State and Oklahoma at four. Interesting. I think I would have swapped three and four personally. You think Boise State, better chance of beating Wyoming? I mean, if we're talking about the spread, minus 14 versus minus seven, I mean – it's so close. Vegas is saying one team is a way better odds of winning than the other team. It's true. So. I, might, I might have to reevaluate that one. I just see, I just, I don't watch a lot of Mountain West football, you know? 
and so in some of these other matchups I'm a little more familiar with because I watch those those teams more frequently. So I that's why sometimes I'll rank those other teams a lot lower because I just don't know enough about them outside the numbers. Hey, no, I mean it's definitely true. There's 131, and it's only growing FBS teams out there. So yeah, yep. we can't know them all perfectly. All right, so this ne- next let's game talk about is, what we is do know more about though, right? Yeah, this next game I've, I've been struggling with two Old Miss and Arkansas. All right, Be, where are you going? You know, as much as I talked down Old Miss last week, Arkansas, I didn't know about this up until about you know thirty minutes ago when you informed me. I'd heard differently. Um, Arkansas's quarterback should be back this week with KJ Jefferson. I'm going. I was currently going Ole Miss. So this is I because I looked conflicted. at. I looked this up because I was curious about it too. And the head coach said it was either today or, or yesterday. No, it was yesterday or Tuesday that um, they are planning as if he is playing. It's not official. It's not in concrete. He is, but the expectation is that KJ Jefferson will be back. Hmm. So this kind of feels like a Saturday morning, maybe pick them. <laughs> uh, and that's, that's so frustrating. So last week, I remember when we talked about this, we were like, Arkansas's defense is garbage, and LSU struggled. Yeah. Struggled big time. I don't know if that was the ice weather related or what, but Drew Sanders and company showed up. Ole Miss coming off a really heartbreaking game to Alabama last week, Roll Tide. Rumors swirling about Lane Kiffin potentially have already accepting the Auburn gig. I don't know if that's true. And if it is, it has he told the Old Miss team yet. Um, if there's, you know, some confusion going on there. I'm I'm leaning Old Miss right now. Sorry. Okay. Brief pause. Uh my boy Christian Watson, second touchdown tonight. He scored again. He scored again. Let's go. On two targets? I don't care. Two touchdowns on whatever is a great day for whoever decided to play this kid. All right, sorry. So I got the notification. We had it. We had it. Three, talk about three targets. Times. Let's go. Two touchdowns. And that sounds like super efficient to me. You know, you know it's unsustainable. <laughs> I'm well aware. All right, but yeah, Christian Watson doesn't affect this outcome of the game, but Ole Miss, I agree, the Lane Kiffin rumors could definitely be a distraction. What else has you concerned about betting on the away team here to just win the game? I just, I don't know. KJ Jefferson, I mean, Arkansas played LSU really close last week with Hornsby, who is in his own merit, it might be one of the fastest people on the face of the planet. I mean, that kid can absolutely fly, but there was a the reason they wanted him at receiver. Like he can move. Throw, throwing the ball is a little bit of a different story, but uh, if KJ Jefferson is back, Ole Miss coming off like one of those games where they just might, you know, sh- show up and not really be like in the game, especially if it's like frozen over in Fayetteville again. I don't know. I could see Arkansas because they need this game. There's two weeks left after this week, and they are not bowl eligible right now. They they need this game. Mm-hmm. And again, like LSU's receivers, I mean, Keyshawn Boutte, I mean, we keep talking about it. Is this kid first round? Is he going to come back? Is he going to be second round? You know, this is like, you know, one of these amazing prospects, you know, coming behind the footsteps of Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. And Arkansas secondary 
you know, like I said, held LSU last week just fine. And we talked about with Old Miss and Alabama, like Old Miss doesn't really have a great receiving group. Like Jonathan Mingo is, you know, a huge person, but he's not like, you know, a great receiver that's absolutely going to torch a defense. And Jackson Dart is very below average in my opinion. But the run offense for Ole Miss, the rushing offense is very, very good. And the rushing defense for Arkansas is good. But again, like I'm just, they shut down LSU last week. So I don't know kind of what to think of this. Well, I'll admit, like, I didn't think Ole Miss was going to play Alabama that close last week. Like, I think we should start with that. I think that's an Alabama issue and not an Ole Miss, like, plus. But where do you compare those two defenses? I mean, you know Bama really well. You watch it every weekend. Like, where would you put that defense for Alabama versus what you saw a little bit out of Arkansas? Are they anywhere close to the same level? I mean, Alabama, Alabama's defense played really well against LSU. That game was, what, 24 to 23 or something like that. Like, that was a relatively close game. 32-31. But that was also oh. in a very nice Death Valley Stadium. That was very good weather, just roaring freaking loud, as it always is. Arkansas had freaking snow come in overnight. Nice. And they decided to turn on the sprinkler system, thinking that would melt <laughs> the snow. And of course, yes, that turned into ice. So, like, I, how much did that affect the field? And what LSU was going to be able to do at first? So, I mean, well, analy- analytics say Ole Miss thirty-eight, Arkansas thirty-seven. I believe it. Ole Miss has the much better offense. Uh, than Arkansas does. Arkansas's defense is not good at all still. However, Ole Miss's offense is not very good. But Arkansas – see, here's the thing. When KJ Jefferson is playing, Arkansas's EPA per pass is 14th in the country, while Ole Miss's defense is 92nd against the pass. Yeah, no, they, they suck at stopping everything. Yes. Let's, let's go ahead and clarify. They're not good at stopping the run either, which we know Raheem and Sanders and KJ Jefferson can both do. It, it, it's it's really weird. It's like one team is really good at passing and the other team is really bad at stopping the pass and then the other team is really good at running and then the other team is really good. At, they're, they're polar opposites in the way their offense functions. And then their defenses are equipped to stop their strengths. Are you so saying it, Ole Miss is good at passing? No, they're good at rushing. Okay. That's what I wanted to clarify. I was supposed to say they yeah, are not yeah. anymore. Matt right. Corral, man, that, that, that dude was a miracle compared to what we got. I will say the cheat sheet, though, has Ole Miss at 30.9 and Arkansas at 25.4. I'm It's going wanting, to be within one touchdown, I feel like. Yeah, I'm, I'm wanting to lean Ole Miss right now just because of their rushing offense. Uh, is Zach Evans playing this week? He did not play last week. Uh, he did, but let me go ahead and tell you. His stat line was six carries for 12 yards. Okay, he pretty much didn't play. <laughs> pretty much. Quinshawn Judkins had 25 carries for 135 yards. So he had almost five and a half yards per carry against Alabama. So, I mean, I mean that's a trick. If Arkansas can stop Quinshawn Judkins, Ole Miss doesn't have a shot. You see, Arkansas's EPA per rush is 85th. Ole Miss right. is 11th on offense. And it's just, I think Ole Miss is going to be able to keep the game going, keep it slow and in control and I mean it's, it's like I said it's going to be a one score game 
This is, Jackson this Dart is probably could be the a bullet mistake. One. Yeah. I could see an argument between this one and the last one we just talked about on like confidence rating wise, four and five. Where do you put those? I but, had that one higher. Uh, oh, what did we say? Ole Miss is two and a half. Two and a half point favorites. They're two and zero oh as the away fave, and Arkansas is one and one as the home dog. Last ten games against the spread, Arkansas is five and five. Ole Miss is four, five, and one. Yeah, neither one's doing good at covering the spread very well. Obviously, but Ole Miss keeps winning, so money line obviously would be favored in Ole Miss's favor. I'm going to lean Ole Miss right now, <laughs> but I'm also going to pay attention Saturday morning to see what the status of KJ Jefferson and Zach Evans is and the weather and stuff like that. I'm not, I'm not like sold, sold on this pick yet. Yeah, ultimately. The only reason I'm going to lean Ole Miss is because it's not just Judkins. Like, they've got a couple receivers. Heath, who came from Mississippi State, Mingo. If they'd ever freaking used, used their tight end when he was available, I would have said him, but he's out now. So, I mean, you got those guys, and Judkins and Evans can both catch the ball if they're playing. Uh, Evans, again, being the questionable one, but Judkins can catch a little bit. So, plus, I mean, Dart can use his legs. It really comes down to does Dart make a stupid play. That's really kind of feel like what's held back Ole Miss this year. He makes those boneheaded mistakes like Sam Darnold would do. So if it's good dart, Ole Miss. If it's not, it's going to be very close. Agreed. I think we've got that one. So, well, I think my list is in different order. Which one is up next for you? USC and UCLA. All right. USC is the clear favorite to win, right? No. I'm on an <laughs> island here. Oh, everybody else went USC. I'm the only one going UCLA. All right. so And I feel good about it. Yeah, I know you texted me before saying UCLA's got this. Lay it out for me. good man. about it. Where, where are we at? Why UCLA? Okay. First, let's start with the spread. Start top, work our way down. Okay. Spread is two and a half points. It's in USC's favor. It's at UCLA, yep. though. Same stadium. Okay. Let's see if this wants to load. Uh, UCLA is the home dog is 2-0. and USC is the away favorite is 1-2. and As far as the analytics go, win probability at 51.6%. USC 48.4 for UCLA. Projected points is 37.7 for USC and 37.15 for UCLA. And my cheat sheet, uh, he says he has UCLA winning by 5.3, 36 to 31 UCLA. I'm looking at the analytics here, and we got two of maybe the top seven offenses in the entire country uh, versus UCLA's defense. This is not very good. But then versus the USC defense that is borderline the worst. Like we're creeping like Wyoming type of territory bad defense here. So EPA per pass for USC uh, versus UCLA is 65. EPA per rush is two and five. Uh, let's see here. Field position uh, is in favor of UCLA big time. They are ninth while USC is 89th. 
first and second down success uh, for both teams is is mid. Uh, early success on early downs for USC is second. Uh, UCLA is fifth, and third and fourth down success USC is sixth, while UCLA is first. I'm seeing two really high-powered offenses, two very bad defenses. USC's mm-hmm. defense is even worse than UCLA's. Like, there's like a, I, w- I would say there's another tier. Like, they're another tier down in how bad they are. And Dorian Thompson, Rob, Dorian Thompson, Robinson, right? Yep. He's he's shown up this year. Talk about a, a, a leap. That's a sleeper coming out of the off season into this year. I, I mean, I had looked at him, you know, for our Debbie leagues and stuff like that. Kind of like, ah, you know, he's interesting. We'll see. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not really to throw, ready to throw a dart like that, but man, he's, he's really shown up this year and, and they're rolling right now. So I, I like UCLA and UCLA has won. If I'm not mistaken, I think it, I'm going to have to look this up. They've I'm, won three out of their last five games. They lost last week to Arizona which I live bet Arizona plus four and a half. So that worked out in my favor big time. And then they lost to Oregon 30 to 45, which, you know, Oregon's no slouch. But so why, why are you, let, let me look this up, team matchup history. Yeah, why are you going USC? USC, yeah. So you mentioned defenses. I agree. Both of them aren't that good, which is why, you know, the over at 76 and a half is really tempting because they give up a lot of points. Um. USC, as bad as that defense is, they're 18th in red zone efficiency. And that's defensively. So that means they are letting points be scored, but once they get to that red zone, they're starting to be that bend but don't break. They're also 11th when it comes to turnovers. Now, I'm sure some of that's padded by a couple of the bad games they've played where they've got some pick sixes and stuff like that. But... I mean, that speaks to what that defense could help do in any one situation. I mean, UCLA last week, I believe, had a couple turnovers big time that Arizona took advantage of. USC's got the better offense to, even even with the loss of Travis Dye, take advantage of that and then go back and get more points and make it a three to seven, ten point swing on what the game could be off of one bad play. Dorian Thompson do they, Robinson's good, but do they have the better offense though? We're comparing USC to Arizona or UCLA. UCLA. I said Arizona. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. And if uh Jordan Addison's back like he's supposed to be, yes. I mean, even without Jordan Addison, we've seen Caleb Williams turn guys like Kyle Ford and various others. I mean, um Rice's son, both of these guys were getting a hundred plus yards a game receiving. And, you know, in my opinion, the best quarterback in college, like, it's Caleb Williams. So, I mean, having him helps tremendously. So, yeah, that's that was some of the things I was looking at when I was going there and trying to figure out who do I want. Um, I mean, I think we're both in agreement for the over, though. It's going to be a really high-scoring game. Yeah, I've I've already put USC in a money line, um, 18 parlay which is going to pay big time because I've got three underdogs in it. Uh, but, yeah, the over would definitely be something I consider big time. Only thing is you have to think about those turnovers. Possessions matter because when you got to get 77 points, you can't have people turn the ball over three or four times a game because that's wasting too much time. Not enough points being scored. So, like, I get it if you want to play contrarian and go with the under. 
especially based off your model. I think your model came out to be about 68 points total, which is well beneath the 76 and a half. But yeah, I feel safer just say USC takes care of business. They win by a field goal or more. In the last four years, UCLA and USC are split 2-2. And last year, UCLA beat the brakes off USC, 62-33. to Yeah, the old coach was not good. Oh. There's a reason why they said, Lincoln Riley, name your price. We want you. Again, it's... History it's matters, a- though. You are right. History does matter. It, but- it, 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 yeah, see, that was part of it because I'm like, this is kind of the same UCLA team last year. I mean, USC is obviously better, but this is a team that knows what it takes. Because it's not like USC was bad. I mean, it's, yeah. Same quarterback. Same running back. So, yeah, I I definitely feel that. Uh, I mean, hey, I'll give it. You're not technically on an island. Uh, 65% of the bets on the spread is going with UCLA as the underdogs. When it comes to the total, 77% of the money is going to the over right now, which they got it at 76. So, you, like I said, check different sports books. Yeah, this My sports book that's in front of me is 76 and a half, so it varies. Money line is still 58% in favor of UCLA. So, like, a lot of people believe that narrative, and they're going with it. Having the plus 106 for them, it's just – USC has a lot more riding on this. UCLA, they know. They're done. There's no way they make playoffs. USC rivalry game. It is a rivalry game as well, but USC has got to be motivated not only for the rivalry, but they have an outside chance if they can get a little help fighting for that number four spot in playoffs. So, overall, with that, I mean, USC is in control of their own destiny. I like rolling with those kind of teams. Same thing with TCU. Again, feels feels like another trap game. Like, when you're looking at it, I think people would assume USC, but I think there's a lot of maybe underlying stuff that, that gives you a compelling case for UCLA. Yeah. Like I said, now that betting the underdog on that one, like, I feel like most people are leaning the favorite, kind of like you said, in the pick being on that lone island, you can take advantage of that kind of stuff with UCLA. Because I remember we that we didn't have a podcast on it, but – we had a similar conversation, or it might have been Ben was, was involved in it when we were talking UCLA Utah earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. And I went UCLA, and everybody, I don't know if everybody went Utah, but there might have been, but it, I just remember it was kind of a similar scenario there where it was like, oh, no, Utah, Utah's going to win this game. So we'll see. Was it, was it USC U, Utah? No, it's UCLA Utah. Or UCLA, okay. And everybody was taking Utah, if I remember right. That's, that is possible. So I did, I did like a lot of what Utah had at the time. So, Speaking of Utah. Yeah. Are you going with them against Oregon this week? No, I'm taking Oregon. Oregon, hands down. All right. So Bounce back game for. Revenge game. After yep. last week, you know. For my um, my new crush, Bo Next. <laughs> I will say Oregon is 0-1 as a home dog. Uh, Utah's currently favorite. I'm looking here. Mine says minus one and a half. Utah is one and three is the away favorite. So both teams not not meeting the spread. Uh, it was interesting. I will say that this line opened up at minus six. If you didn't see that, and now we're all the way down to minus one and a half. Minus six. 
Good gosh. Yeah, no, I'm seeing I'm seeing plus two. That's what the high Utah is. So I saw Utah, it was plus two opening up, and now right now it's minus two, or on my other app, I've got minus two and a half in favor of Utah now. Then there must oh okay. It's been about a five point swing though. It might just change to minus two from minus one and a half. So some space, some spots said Utah at minus six, and now I guess they got it down to minus two. It's yeah, that, that's insane. I, win probability here. It's 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 another really interesting thing because I think a lot people would jump into this like being like, yes, Utah on the road at Oregon, Austin Stadium at night. Oregon's defense really isn't that bad. Um, they're pretty good. Uh, Utah's defense is also really good. Oregon has probably the most explosive offense in the entire country, which is just amazing. Bo Nix's turnaround. Utah has a really good offense. It's not, you know, top 10. It's not top tier, but it's it's very good in its own right. Projected points here is at Oregon 32, Utah 26.3. Uh, cheat sheet here says Oregon 42.7, Utah 36.5. So, again, it's similar to the game uh, we talked about earlier. Which one was that? The Oklahoma-Oklahoma State game. A lot of people picking Utah, and that's oh, kind of the – It's big time. Big yeah, time. I, th- I think that's the way everybody's going. But then you look at all the numbers and the analytics, and again, I, I'm not – you know, I get that football isn't played on a spreadsheet, it's played on a field, but just everything suggests Oregon in a bounce-back game after that really crushing loss to Washington last week. Yeah, no, I definitely get that. So I guess a couple reasons why I am leaning Utah, and I – I have them wrote down. I'll stick with it at this point. Uh, there was two offensive linemen that got hurt last week in Oregon's game. I have not heard any updates that they're actually going to be back this week, along with we saw Bo Nix miss an extended period of time in the fourth quarter because I was watching that game very heavily that night, very early into the morning hours, because I had the over on that game, and the over was 72, and the game ended at 71 points total. And Bo Nix being out a bunch of that fourth quarter killed – Killed my hopes and dreams right there. So maybe it's just me being salty at old Bo Nix. But, yeah, I mean, he was also banged up, the two linemen being banged up. Utah, I don't know if it's really noticed in the spreadsheet so much, but they just got back their running back, Tavion Thomas. And, I mean, that dude is a six foot 5'11", some kind of – I can't remember the height, but he is 230-plus pounds, giant bowling ball kind of kid. And – like, they actually got him back last week, got him going. And the team is just super excited about what they can do. Now, I'll get it last week with Stanford. So, you know, easier matchup to kind of ease the kid back in. But the offense works well when they've got a run game. And between him and some other younger guys, they've got options to now do play action with their tight end, uh, Kincaid, who I know is who's somebody that we need to mention on the Debbie side as well, right? I think he's pumped in your model. And his running mate, Kuth, or Kuth. Who, unfortunately, is out for the rest of the yeah. season. But both but, yeah. those guys look stellar in the model. Yeah, I mean, it's it's fantastic. So, you've got that. Uh, Oregon's defense, you know, they're, it's it's weird. Like, they, they give up they, a lot of points. They have some really, like, what looks like an elite defensive type of moments. Yeah, and then they just – I don't know, you know, have an accident in the bed all of a sudden. Yeah. And it's just 
not near the same. And so I think Utah can keep this game close. I think they can go out and steal one because, again, both these teams know what's on the line. Like, if Oregon loses this weekend, I think they are completely out of the Pac-12 championship. I think that's how I read it correctly. Whereas if Utah wins, like, there's a couple things that if it happens, they're also in the Pac-12 championship. Like, both teams know what's on the line for them. Yeah, a lot of those things, I don't know, just – I'm leaning Utah. I think they take care of business. I like following the money when I'm not sure either. Money line, I mean, it's favoring Utah 72%. Spread, favoring 55% Utah, which is at minus two. And the over-under, I mean, the over is at 68.5, and it's at 68% being bet over. I definitely like that. If there's something I want to bet on this game and lock it in, it's bet the over on this game. 60 points mean both these teams are getting 30. Easy to me. I just think Utah can take take care of business after Oregon maybe is reeling a little bit after that, that unexpected loss they had last week against Washington. You're on, you're on an island here, though. For make sure you're well, good. I like being on those islands. I'm not opposed you're the, to it. You're the only one that took Utah. I don't know. Hey, I mean, they're both ranked for a reason. They're both pretty good. Pac-12 has been more entertaining football than I expected this year. So, I mean, obviously, I'm going to change it if I get some sort of notification between now and if Bo Nix is officially out. Like, yes, if Bo Nix is out. Then, yeah, then I'm going to flip. But I think for now, I'm just operating, assuming he's in. Yeah, I mean, I think you have to. I haven't seen anything saying he's officially out, but I also don't know. Like, he did not look like himself that last drive. When he yeah. came back in the end of the game, I was like, great, here we go. He's going to drive it down 30 seconds, get the field goal. That's going to put me over. They're going to go to overtime. Like, it's going to be a great night. I'll go to sleep happy. And then he just – the offense all of a sudden just crashed and couldn't move against a Washington defense, which had been giving up yards and points all game long. So, Well, now you have me curious. So I'm going to look this up 13 hours ago. <laughs> During an appearance on the on uh, his radio show, Oregon football coach, head coach Dan Landing said that Nix is, quote, preparing himself as if he can go. Uh, he's preparing himself as, as if he can go. We also got some other guys ready to go if needed. That was the exact quote. So they're not really saying a whole, whole lot about it. Uh, he has been on the practice field this week, but it doesn't. Sounds very that, limited. It doesn't specify whether he was actually doing anything. Yeah. Um, also, you know, I brought up the history aspect as well. Out of the last five matchups, Utah has won three out of three of them very handily. The last two being 38 to 10, 38 7. Year before that, Oregon, of course, won 37 15. So it's been a little yeah. back and forth, but Utah's had the recent favor. So I think they're ready for yeah. the rivalry game. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah, like I, I think we're both in agreement here. I think you're going to go Utah regardless, but if Bo Nix is out, I think I'm smashing all the Utah numbers. I feel like but you have if, to, yeah. But but if he's in, I think it then becomes really interesting, more of a, a discussion. Now, I will say you, br- you bring up a good point, though. If Bo Nix is out, I don't feel confident in that over as much anymore. Just give me Utah whatever point spread it is, and let's roll. But if both quarterbacks are healthy, everybody's playing, there's no unexpected outs, which, you know, it's hard to get that information in college football. But 
if you're waiting till that last second to put those pickums in or those bets in, that's something. If you know that everybody's playing, take the over. I like Utah. You like Oregon. If Bo Nix is out, I think we both agree. Utah, take whatever the point spread is as well. Yeah. So, I think that wraps it up. Was there any other pick games that we did not cover? Those are the nine that I have, unless you wanted to hit, quick hit some. Yeah, I mean, I can throw in some couple things. So last week, um, things I suggested, I went back and listened to the podcast, wrote them down. Uh, we went 10-6 and – one, because I said try and get LSU at three. So, you know, that thing, gosh, that was a push because we were confident they were winning, but I didn't think they were going to only win by three. But, yeah, that that one got lucky. So, some other ones I'm looking at this week that we haven't mentioned, uh, Oregon State. I think they're in a fantastic spot against Arizona State this week. I've got them in my money line pick them. Uh, last I checked, they were at minus four. That number could have recently changed a little bit, but if you can get something like that. I think they take care of business, can win, and get you the spread as well. Um, another game, particular uh, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's going to take care of business this week. They're getting a great money line option if you're trying to do a bigger parlay setup right there. A couple unders, you know, look at Illinois, Michigan. If you kind of want to play the under game, I'm not touching that one, but, you know, a lot of people are saying lean the under for that one. If you're looking for a good under matchup, though, I think Wisconsin-Nebraska is a great one, under 42. We talked about Wisconsin with their matchup last week with Iowa. Nebraska, I don't think it's going to get that many points. Wisconsin can kind of control the clock, and they should win. I mean, they're favored by 14, but I wouldn't take them on the spread at all. A couple overs, you know, we've already mentioned TCU's game. I like the over with Baylor on that one. Uh, we mentioned Utah, Oregon. If Knicks is healthy, go take the over on that one as well. Um, a great one that we always like to talk about, North Carolina. You know, we didn't bring them up this week, but they love to give up points, don't they, Matt? For sure. Yep. Yep. So, I mean, Georgia Tech's playing on this week. North Carolina still trying to make a statement. So, over 61, I love that one right there. Uh, and then, yeah, one other one. Throw it out real quick. Penn State minus sixteen is what I see on the spread right now. Trust it; it's it's not going to be that big a deal. So yeah, that'll do it for me on a couple of other bets I'd recommend looking into this week. Hope y'all hit them. Hope you get some success. And then you know, overall, let's watch some good college football this weekend. So if you want to hang out, talk some more college football, hit us up in the link in the description of our bio for this podcast. Uh, we have a link to our Discord. Talks with a bunch of us fantasy football guys that love it for you know just the sport itself to DFS to Dynasty to Devi to Redraft. Redraft season, we're getting close to those playoffs. Come chat with us if you got questions. Start sit who to trade for various things. It's a fun time. You can always check out Filmalytics or Patreon.com backslash Filmalytics is the link. It's also in the bio. See what we've got going. We've got you know. Draft season starting to come upon us. Some people are already looking up what's that 2023 pick worth and things like that. We can kind of talk to you about that. Just traded the one-on-one away in a couple of weeks. I feel good about it. Yeah, you over here making some good moves as well. So, I mean, there's a lot of fun things we can do. So, we appreciate y'all taking the time to listen to this. Wishing y'all the best. We'll see you later. Peace.